0: Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Hope Life Podcast, a podcast that allows you to hear the hearts of Hope Church pastors and leaders through real conversations about life, ministry, vision, and goals, or some of the exciting ways that God is working through their specific ministry or congregation. This is a great resource for our church family, and we're so glad that you're taking the time to listen to today's episode. Hopefully, we will all leave today's conversation more inspired to passionately follow Jesus and make Him visible, as together we live the hope life.
1: Merry Christmas, Hope family. Hope you guys are doing wonderful in this uh, dreary weather here in Danville, Virginia. I don't know about where the other Hope locations are at, but uh, here in Danville, it is cold and dreary on this uh, Thursday morning that we're recording, isn't it, Brian?
0: It absolutely is. The only thing that's sad is it's a really cold rain instead of a really nice snow.
1: It always seems to be that way. Just we're like right on the cusp, right on the cutoff of like it's, it's not cold enough for snow, uh, but it's not warm enough to, you know, want to even go outside in the rain because it's just, it's just too, it's too nasty.
0: We know yesterday Kelsey and I were riding down the road and I told her that without a doubt the number one Christmas song of all times had to be White Christmas, and and I think she had some doubts about that. So I looked it up. It is, in the Guinness Book of World Records, the number one selling Christmas song in the history of the world, having sold over 50 million copies. More than Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You? Yes, by the way, especially following her horrible version no. <laughs> where people actually heard what she sounded like. But... <laughs> The, the song White Christmas, you know, for everybody here in our area, the reason he recorded I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas is that's generally all it is around here is a dream. Yeah, that's right. It never <laughs> happens. In 2010, we actually had a fairly decent snow on Christmas Day. So 12 years ago. That was the last time we had a white Christmas. And uh, there were friends of mine who were, I guess, in the neighborhood of 80 years old, who couldn't remember the last time there had been a white Christmas before that. So I take that to mean it's a rare occasion.
1: Well, for those who who get to enjoy it, enjoy it a little bit more for us because I don't think it's happening. On Sunday, it's going to be – what's the low for
0: Sunday? Well, I know Saturday night into Sunday morning, 8 degrees.
1: Yeah. So if the rain could have delayed itself, well, no. I mean, I wouldn't want that either because I want people in the service on Sunday. but. Still, we're, we're not the rain and the cold aren't timing themselves with each other. Brian, what are you most looking forward to Christmas this, this weekend? Obviously, we have Christmas falls on a Sunday. We won't have another Christmas Sunday again for a while. Uh, so that's something to look forward to. But what are some other things you're looking forward to?
0: So I actually love all things Christmas. Me too. I Me drive too. my family nuts because November the 1st. starts playing Christmas music, (laughs) and I start listening then.
1: Oh, I don't do that. I wait till after Thanksgiving, so you're a little bit more than me, but still.
0: Well, I tell my family, you know, you have one time of year when these songs are heard, when they're sung, when they're celebrated, so you have to make the most of it. I mean, if you don't hear, last Christmas I gave you my heart, but the very next day you gave it away, Possibly one of the worst Christmas songs ever. Agreed. If you don't suffer through that at least 50 to 75 times over a Christmas season, have you really celebrated? Not at all. But I love all things Christmas. I love decorations. I still, my my kids say that I still have an inner child. I get excited when I see that yard where the people go totally overboard. You know, National Lampoons, they go yes. to the furthest extent and, and they do it right. I still get excited. So I love the music. I love the decorations. I love seeing people actually in town together, in stores together. Yeah, that's right. You know, there's really cool interaction with that. People seem to be a little nicer this time of year, at least some of them. I'm not really (laughs) sure about Walmart shoppers, but but so many people seem to be nicer this time of year. Um, There seems to be a bent toward generosity this time of year. You know, so many charities actually depend on this time of year to survive over the course of the year and, and to be able to meet people's needs. And then I think, you know, the pinnacle definitely is the celebration of Jesus. And when you combine that with, you know, those extra hours with family, well, the majority of family, Yeah. Uh, when you combine that with those extra hours of being with family, I think it just becomes an incredibly special time of year. And, you know, it's obvious why people look forward to this time of year all year long. For
1: me, I think it's it is like all of the things that you said, and just uh, the reminder again that when when Jesus was born, it was uh, a message of hope. And you know, if there's anything that this world needs right now, it is hope. I mean, there's so many people that are uh, down on their luck, and they are. Um, missing family. Uh, they are struggling in so many different ways, and uh, Jesus and his birth in that manger so many years ago is just a reminder that, uh, you know what, it's not always going to be like this. This isn't the only life that we'll ever experience uh, if you know the Lord, and uh, and so for me, that's what's special about, about Christmas. And then also, um, since We, since Sam and I were married, we have, or we've been able to start, you know, some of our own traditions, uh, which is really nice. Growing up uh, as the uh, first generation American, almost all of my family is in Colombia. And in Colombia, Christmas is a very big deal. I mean, it Mm. is celebrated, parties... almost every night uh, in december leading up to christmas and then past christmas into the new year a special time with family lots of good colombian food and so growing up that's all we got i missed out on a lot of that just because you know i was here and the rest of my family was um, in south america and so traditions and things really weren't something that we established all that much and so it's um nice that now um I'm able to start some of those traditions, and then of course, you know, this year is our first year with uh, with Jude, our, our son, and so we're excited uh, to start traditions with him and, and see how that develops. Now, um, you're a little bit older than I am, and so you've probably had... Yeah, a little uh, bit. Just a little bit, and uh, I think Christmas is a time to also remember traditions. You know, we're always looking for new, and we're always looking to innovate, but sometimes it's, it's good to fall back on our traditions or something comforting about traditions. What are some of those traditions that you and your family, or maybe here at, at, uh, at, at hope um, that have been established over
0: the years? I'm really glad you asked that question because I actually love those kind of traditions. I mean, I sincerely do, you know, my earliest memories as a child, Christmas, we would load up in the car. We would go to my mom's house, There'd be family there, all kinds of incredible food. Then we would go to my great-grandma Marion's house, and not as much food there, but she was getting, you know, she was elderly, very elderly, but we would go there, the family would be there. She would have a little something for us to open, but it was another opportunity to be with family. And then we would go to my Papa Joe's house, and my Papa Joe and my grandma Dot, and Anybody, David, that knows me or spends any time at all with me, you're only going to know me a few hours until I say something about my papa. He was, he was such a joy in life. And looking back now, even trying not to cry <laughs> now, um, he was beautiful. He was a treasure. He was a beautiful person. He loved big. He taught us as a family to value family, how to be affectionate. There's so many things I miss. When I was a teenager, an older teenager, at every family get-together, there'd be all of these Edwards in one place. I mean, a ton of us. And my papa would always call me over, and he would smile, and he would say, just think I started every bit of this. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he told me that on up until, I guess, the last Christmas I was able to celebrate with him. You know, those were special times, really special times. Our family was, we were poor. We didn't know that. We were extremely lower middle class people. But my papa used to say every single family get together, he would say, I am the richest man in the world. Mm Mm-hmm. He would say, I wouldn't trade places with the wealthiest man in the world because I'm the richest man Mm -hmm. in the world. And David, when my papa passed away, the family actually had to chip in to help pay for his funeral. Wow. He had a little cash in a metal coffee container under the sink. His house, I think, barely sold for over $20,000. But he considered himself the richest man in the world. And the reason being was because we had an incredibly loving family. So that's my earliest memories. And that breaks my heart for people who don't have loving families. Even those of you who are listening to this podcast right now and you didn't grow up in that kind of environment, my heart actually hurts for those people that they didn't experience, they didn't have that environment to grow up in. Um, So I'm privileged. So from early on, Christmas for me was notably marked by the fact this is a time when family gets together even more than usual, Mm -hmm. when you celebrate being together even more so. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, I've been able to carry that tradition on over the course of my life as God allowed me to grow up in a great family, and then God gifted me with a great family of my own. Um, Another Christmas tradition that I love, I wasn't introduced to until I started dating Denise. Hmm. Denise and I have now been together, David, for probably, let's see, you do the math real quickly, Uh, 1987. Okay.
1: So that is 13 plus 22, 35 years?
0: Yeah. So we've been together for 35 years. And when I came into Denise's family, every Christmas, her dad takes out the old King James Bible (laughs) or the new King James Bible and he reads the Christmas story to the whole family. Yeah. Well, as our children were born and then, you know, other grandchildren were born, every single Christmas, even when they were so small, they had no idea what was going on. They were running all over the place just wanting to open presents. There was that moment when the family sits down, everybody is called to be quiet, and he reads the entire Christmas story. And I think one of the things I cherish about that, Jesus is so real to him that in thirty-three no, 35 years, I've never seen him read that Christmas story with dry eyes. Mm-hmm. He cries every single year like it's the first time he ever read it. yeah, well, here's the beautiful thing about this and i mean i'm I'm struggling <laughs> not to be emotional even now, yeah, because what's so beautiful about it is now the grandkids and the entire family they actually look forward to that, yeah. And so as he reads the Christmas story crying, my children cry along. Mm-hmm. The other grandchildren are wiping their eyes. Yeah. It's it's videoed every single year and every single year my wife says, "I hope this is not the last year I hear him read the Christmas story." That's so meaningful. And you know, more of us should start that tradition even now, David with you being a new dad. What a great tradition to start even now and get Sam to take pictures and video. Jude, you know he doesn't even speak yet. He he you know, being born was so traum- traumatic. He probably won't walk or speak for about a year. <laughs> right. You know, um that's yet to come for you guys, but how meaningful would it be for you one day to be able to show him videos and pictures? Jude, even when you were in a carrier, or you were being held in your mother's arms, even then, we read you the greatest story ever told. Mm-hmm. You know, more families should start that tradition, because I've witnessed for 35 years it being incredibly meaningful. And so those are some of the things I love. Um, as far as Hope Church, uh, I, love, I love our Christmas decorations. We've always decorated beautifully. mm mm-hmm. Uh, I always request that the decorations be out the week before Thanksgiving, and they're left all the way until the first weekend in January, and then they're they're down by the second week. Um, I think that's a beautiful tradition. Hope Church has always been a generous church. Mm-hmm. You know, this year, this year already, we've given away thousands and thousands of dollars. We've seen almost all of our small groups come together to provide bicycles for man there was there was a ton, one of our largest rooms it was filled with with bicycles going to one of the most needy neighborhoods in our area we've already given food we've already given money we've we've already reached out to our our shut-ins with with good gifts that were that were made with, with love and care. I love that. Um, you know, there's so many things. And, and then the other thing, David, you have to realize is God's given me this beautiful privilege, um, this gift of stickability. I think, I think I just made that up, but I've been here for 30, 32, 33 years. You know, most pastors, I think the average stay now is about a year and a half to two years. Wow. So you never even develop bonds with people. Well, now, you know, a couple of Sundays ago, I got a hug from a young girl that will soon be a teenager. I married her mom and dad when they were young. I've been here long enough to see the generations. And to have that kind of bond with this community, it's the very reason we call it a family. Mm -hmm. Of course, you know, Jason Riddle's, says I stole from him right. that we're not like a family, but we are a family. As if he's the first person to ever say that. Yes. But I, I think I probably did hear him say that. I I don't want him to know that, but for the record. But it fits because we are a family. And you know, I'm excited for you and the traditions you're going to be able to establish. Maybe, maybe you introduced Jude to Colombian Christmas food, and there's at least some Colombian food at every Christmas feast. You know, that you don't go all Southern, you know, that it's that there's some Colombian food. Well, there.
1: Sam being from New Jersey, I can guarantee you that there, there probably won't be much Southern food uh <laughs> present at uh any of our meals. But you know, one of the things that hey, I think oh, by the way,
0: there's a possibility there will be God is a redeemer.
1: Oh, there you go. That's right. Um, hey, look, I love Southern food. I, I really yeah. do love southern food, but um, it's not something that we cook in our home very often. Uh, oh. we have to rely on others to uh, supplement that. for You us can in still our diet. be saved. There's time. There is, there is time, you know, there's always today to redeem ourselves. That's what God says to do is to, to not wait, put it off, but to do it today. So maybe today, um, we'll make some biscuits and gravy and I don't know, something else unhealthy and, uh, we'll <laughs> go from there. Um, what I was going to say is, you know, when you read through scripture, um, god's people so i mean i'm talking about in the old testament uh, god's people israel had tons of traditions mm-hmm. i mean they had you read a, you read leviticus and it's just a book full of laws Tradition and traditions for everything so, yes there's traditions for everything They are a people of traditions and they do that so that they could tell their kids we do this because we are god's people and they might say I don't get it. This doesn't make sense. Why are we doing this? And, you know, logically speaking, there really is, sometimes you read some of those traditions, some of those laws, and there is no rhyme or reason to them other than the fact that God gave them a tradition so that they could distinctly mark themselves as God's people. And I think one of the things, unfortunately, that we've gotten away from um, you and I were talking about this, I think, you know, some of our, uh, some uh, other denominations or like, you know, other uh, people groups will do the better job, like Catholics might do a better job this, is, is having more established religious traditions. I think as Baptists, sometimes we feel like we might say, you know, oh, we don't need traditions, we got the Bible. And and while, yes, that's true, a tradition doesn't indicate any level of uh, of sanctification in your life, on the flip side, uh, they help reinforce the things mm-hmm. that we believe. And so it would be good uh, to maybe take a page out of uh, the Old Testament and uh, the lives and traditions of, of uh, the Jewish people and, and, and realize that, you know, what traditions are a good thing. And there's some things that we can do as believers to establish, especially around this time of year, like you were talking about, traditions with our family. And when our kids ask, why do we do this? Well, because we're a Christian family and we love
0: the Lord. Well, you know, um, David, when I first started coming out of fundamentalism, I think there was a season in my life when I, I relegated all traditions to this place of, of negativity. Yes. If it's a tradition, then it needs to be overturned. Right. Right so let's let's overturn the tables of traditions <laughs> and and drive out the traditionalist and you know i think youthful ignorance or fresh zeal whatever you want to blame that on you know now i'm coming to realize it's not traditions that are wrong or bad or negative it's when we elevate traditions to be equal with god's word right when we don't just call traditions what they are Traditions. Traditions, exactly. You know, when when, when Jesus said, your traditions make the Word of God of no effect,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's the only thing in all the Bible that's ever mentioned that has the power to make the Word of God of no effect. It was the fact that they had elevated their traditions to equality with God's Word. Mm-hmm. That is the issue. And so now I think I'm, at this age, more balanced and understanding that traditions can be beautiful, as long as people understand they are just traditions. Yes, they may have a holy end in that they remind us of, of something holy or they remind us of of God the divine or something like that. But in and of themselves, they are just traditions. And, you know, for example, here we observe communion once a month. Some people I know want to call it the Lord's Supper, the Lord's Table, whatever you want to call that, we observe that once a month. Mm -hmm. At the end of it, we sing the doxology together. Yes, I cherish that tradition. I love it. It's found nowhere in Scripture. (laughs) It's not necessary. It's not required. But for me, it's it's just come to be a, a beautiful tradition that... In communion, we think about the fact that the entire Godhead is involved in the salvation process, Mm -hmm. and so we praise God from whom all blessings flow, the greatest of those blessings being our salvation. It's just a tradition, but it's, it's become a meaningful tradition.
1: Absolutely, and so I'm thinking of you know what are some of the things around this time of year that maybe people can do, and uh, things that I've seen. For example, some people on Christmas uh, they bake a cake, a happy birthday cake for Jesus. Right. Um, here at Hope we have a happy birthday offering. We have a birthday offering for Jesus, and yes. and we encourage folks to make that gift equal or above to whatever the other most expensive gift that they're going to give to someone else. And I think that's a good reminder of like, you know what? Uh, if I'm going to sacrifice for anyone, it's going to be Jesus. Right. Um, you know, I saw this the other day. Um, a family, what they do is leading up to Christmas, uh, they have a birthday or they have a, a gift box under the tree and they cut a hole in it. And then what they do is um, they have... Every member of the family write one thing that they want to give to Jesus for this upcoming year, and they will slip that piece of paper into the gift box. Mm. And then on Christmas Day, they'll open up and go through the different things that the different family members want to give to Jesus this year. Whether that be uh, more time and devotion to Scripture, whether that be to uh, more more time in loving others, uh, whatever the case may be. And so, I thought that was a a really good really tradition. Good. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think I think families should have more traditions that points them to the greater meaning of Christmas. Here's what I see in my own life, not only in the lives of others. Mm-hmm. There there are so many distractions yeah. and so much hoopla at this time of year that those who profess to be Christians end up celebrating the holiday exactly like those who don't profess Christianity at all. yes. It literally becomes about gifts, food, and watching your favorite Christmas movie. Yeah, I mean, think about it. There are people who profess to be Christians who will give more time to going to a department store and picking out their kids' Christmas pajamas than they will anything spiritual, anything related to Christ. There will be mothers and dads, families who spend far more time in the kitchen giving attention to preparing one meal than they will give to anything that makes this holiday an incredibly spiritual time where we we focus our attention on Jesus. Right. So what I would encourage the family of Hope Church toward would be to introduce some things that serve as checkpoints so that you don't just start running so fast and forward that you lose sight of the fact what this holiday represents. Mm -hmm. Um, That you can't have the word Christmas without Christ, and you can't have the word holiday without thinking about the fact it's a holy day. Right. So then surely we can do some things that point us toward Jesus. You know, maybe it's a family that will this year— Start that tradition of reading the Christmas story. And, hey, when you introduce that, it's going to be a culture shift. Your yes. kids are going to say, what are we doing right now? This this is terrible. We don't want to do this. It's a, it's a culture shift. And tell them. Be honest with them. You know, we should have been doing something like this all along. Mm-hmm. This is mom and dad saying we should have done things differently, but we're going to start now. Um, maybe it's like you just suggested that, you know, you – Wrap a gift with what you plan on giving to Jesus this year. Maybe it's your family takes a moment and goes to the Salvation Army and helps serve a meal. Or maybe you cook some treats in the, in the kitchen and you go and you give those to one of the local nursing homes. Or you you pass them out in Jesus' name and you let people know that you're giving this because you acknowledge what Christ has given to you. I think there's all kinds of things that we can do. And you know, one thing we can do during Christmas season, and this sounds incredibly simplistic, but we can make sure that we go to a worship service together mm-hmm. where all the songs, the message, and all the attention is going to be about Jesus. Yeah. You know, we can at least do that. One, David, one tradition that I've always wanted to replicate, and I'm just afraid it would bomb, I've always been jealous. In New England, you know, back when the Catholic Church was incredibly strong, mm-hmm. they would have midnight mass. Yeah. So at midnight, basically the whole community, the whole town was bustling, and people would gather at midnight to acknowledge Christ, his his birth. And you know, those towns were so busy, and people would eat meals after the mass together, and... You know, I, I think that's kind of cool and I've always thought, man, I wish I could get up the courage to have a and I know there's going to be people who are going <sighs> to say, "Are you going Catholic?" No. I wish we could have a midnight, by the way, people can't see this, but quotation marks, mass. I wish we could have a midnight gathering. I just think there's traditions like that that are really cool and and you know in America, we're losing we're losing most of the meaningful as it relates to virtually everything and anything, mm-hmm. and I think we need to reclaim that.
1: Yeah, and I think that traditions like what you just talked about are a are a great way, an easy way um, to do that. Because after all, they're the traditions themselves are just a means to an end, and they're the and the end is to remind us of who God is, uh, that He loves us, and that we should love Him. I think um, you know, if you if you look throughout Scripture, the whole point of people building altars along the way you know, something might happen, and, and Abraham would build an altar right then and there, and they say, why are you piling all these rocks together? Yeah. And so it's that when the children, when my children come and visit this spot, they'll be reminded what God did here. It's just a reminder. Yeah, Sam, growing up, would tell me that um, her grandparents were Methodists, and they would have a midnight mass as well, so you don't have to worry. It's not just strictly a, a, right. a Catholic thing. So, um, and what they would do is after, after their midnight service, uh, they would go to a diner, and uh, and you know have yeah. eat at a diner. Now, of course, uh, diners are definitely a New Jersey thing, and then um, you know more maybe throughout the north. We don't even have a Waffle House here in Danville, which, which I don't is either. incredibly sad. It is very sad. But uh, you know that would be a, a a great thing to start. Is if we had some kind of midnight service, and you would have my full backing. And if you needed All help right. planning that, I'd be more than happy to help you with that because I think that's a beautiful thing. Um, for And, you know, I bet your kids would be excited because they'll get to stay up a little bit later than they are supposed to. Um, I think that's a beautiful thing. Christmas is about Jesus. It's the only reason that we have Christmas. And I hope that as a Hope family, we don't uh, lose sight of that. And if you don't have traditions, like Brian said, uh, that are spiritual, uh, that have a spiritual... Uh, purpose to them that make it this year. This episode will be dropping on Friday, so two days before Christmas, so it's not too late to do something. I mean, you're already rushing around trying to do things last minute. Uh, You might as well uh, put something in there that relates to
0: the the real meaning of of Christmas. You know, one tradition we have, and, uh, you know, Denise and I, we've had so many incredible Christmases together, and I'm so grateful for her and the gift that she is to me from God. And then our daughters and, you know, the gifts that they are to us from God. But we always watch Charlie Brown Christmas, <laughs> you know, and, and right in Charlie Brown's Christmas, you know, special. When I was a kid, David, you didn't have DVDs and VCR tapes and all of that. So that show came on one night once a year. And if you were a kid, the whole family, you'd be glued to the television. right. It was a pretty big deal. But, you know, in in Charlie Brown's Christmas, they share the reading of the entire Christmas story. Amen, yeah. And so, family, maybe it's something that simple. Maybe it's you watch Charlie Brown, and then you listen to them read the Christmas story, and then you just affirm that, and, and you talk to your kids about the fact that Christmas is loop two. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. That, that's the reason there is Christianity. That's the reason there's church. That's the reason there's this family of believers. That's the reason as many as believe on him. To them he gave the power to become the children of God. It, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior is the reason that there will be an eternal place called heaven where we will forever live in the company of one another and in the presence of Jesus. So everything is Luke chapter 2. That's the center of it all, that Christ was born. It's God reaching out to man when mankind was incapable of reaching out to him. Yeah, That's the beauty of it.
1: Well, I can't add to that, and I'm not going to try to add to that because that was beautiful. Um, So all to say is... um, Hope family, Merry Christmas to you. I hope it's a special one this year. And for those that you get to see this year, um, you know, we uh, should cherish those moments because we never know if we'll have another Christmas with those with our loved ones, with our friends, with their family. So make sure that you hug them and you tell them that you love them. Um, and then for this Sunday, make sure that uh, if there's a service near you, which I hope there is, and I'm sure there will be, to make sure you're there, whether it's... Uh, eight degrees or 85 degrees so it doesn't matter um, be there and let's worship our Savior and when our neighbors see us getting into our cars and wondering what are they doing on such a cold Sunday morning uh, they'll be they'll know are we're, we're headed to gather with our family uh, to sing about Jesus um, because we're celebrating
0: his birth amen to that and uh, by the way if your Hope Church location isn't having a service Sunday invite the family to watch us here in Danville Uh, where we will be acknowledging Jesus on Sunday. I'm just kidding. But no, you can watch our service here. It will be at 10 a.m. on Christmas Sunday. It's only going to be about a 45 to 50-minute service. So it would be a great evangelistic tool to get your family to watch. And then, David, I just thought of a great tradition that people can start this year. They could actually sit as a family and listen to this episode where we've talked about Christmas and where we've pointed to Jesus, and then next year, maybe it'll be you and I again, or maybe it'll be you and another Hope Church pastor doing a Christmas episode, and it'll be a great way for us to continually be directed toward the, um, I guess, the true meaning behind this incredible time of year. Absolutely.
1: Well, we're going to end the episode with this real quick. Um, Brian, eggnog, is is, is that a thumbs up or a thumbs down from you?
0: I want to like eggnog. I can't remember the last time I tried it and I, I was with Jason riddle recently and he bought some eggnog um and he likes it and and I told him I want to like it so I think I might, might might go by the grocery store and get some um but you think this is the end of the episode but for me it's not the end of the episode. Oh okay it's almost the end of the episode. But I want to ask, what made you and Nathan Cravat think that y'all needed to talk about my <laughs> personal business? I, I was thinking, I, 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 I don't know that I've revealed anything personal about Nathan. And so he said it, and then you didn't edit it out. No. So the truth is, both of you guys are guilty. and um, If we're guilty of being real, then I'll be guilty. That's fine. Oh look at you try to go all spiritual.
1: That's right. Yeah, whatever. This is raw, unedited, unfiltered. This is uh, yeah, This is what this is, folks. Yep. So. The Hope Life Gossip Podcast. Oh, wow. Well, <laughs> I don't know about that.
0: You know I'm playing with yeah. you.
1: Brian is now he's a what we call a um, not a credible narrator is what we would call him. He's <laughs> an unreliable narrator. So, and that's what you're listening I'm to. I'm the right propaganda now. arm. Yeah, that's right. Uh well, uh, I will say eggnog is not good. I tried it. I was wondering all my life, why do Americans love this so much? And uh, myself and my Hispanic roommate, both of us Latinos, we thought, well, why don't we give it a spin? We yeah. tried it. We tried to set the mood by watching a Christmas movie, getting all prepped and cozy, and it, we took one sip. And we're like, no, this isn't for us. So uh, maybe that's a tradition you can uh, start is taking your one sip of eggnog and then throwing the rest away.
0: So. <laughs> What's your favorite Christmas dessert?
1: Uh, my favorite Christmas dessert... Um, has to be, there's these little German Christmas cookies that Sam likes to make. They're called, and she's going to kill me because I always get the name wrong. Um, Pabernoters, Noters. I don't know where they're from, but they're not American. Um, but they're just these little bite-sized things that next thing you know, the whole plate's gone because they're little bite-sized things. Wow. That you just want to, um,
0: keep eating them. So that's probably my favorite, uh, Christmas dessert. Yeah. Denise, a few years ago started making Oreo balls. Oh, okay. Man, those things are so good. They have to be a sin. Yeah. But when they're there, you can't waste them. No. Because then that would be a sin. (laughs) So you have to weigh out which is the greatest sin. Eating too many of the Oreo balls or wasting when there's a lot of people who would love to have those. Oh, man.
1: Well, why don't we do this? We'll wrap up the episode, and um, if Denise has any ready, maybe we can head over and take a bite. Yeah, I think that'd be a good idea. Hope family, thank you so much for joining us this episode. I hope again, as I said before, you have a very Merry Christmas, a Happy New Year. Love on your family and love the Lord. Merry Christmas, everybody.